Thank you for listening to a message of grace. This podcast was recorded live on May 20th, 2018. In today's message, Pastor Bruce Gellhorn, with the help of multilingual congregational members, provides a glimpse of Pentecost at the time of Jesus. He discusses the impact of language on daily life, as well as the power of the international language, love. Let's listen. Today is Pentecost. A lot of times people say that this is the first Pentecost, and that's not quite true. While this is the birthday of the Christian church, Pentecost began approximately some 1,500 years earlier with Moses. In Leviticus, we read how he tells the people to bring a first fruits as an offering that everyone should make this journey. It began with Passover, just before Easter, when a sheaf of barley would have been offered by the ancient people in celebration of the land and the seed time. Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, two loaves of barley would be offered at the temple marking the conclusion of the barley harvest and the beginning of the wheat harvest. Pentecost was a tribute to God, the one who gives daily bread. It was also one of the major Jewish festivals one of the major pilgrim festivals, which every Jew within 20 miles of Jerusalem was required to attend. And every Jew, at least once in their lifetime, would make the trek to Jerusalem for this festival. So here we have, on this Pentecost of old, people from every known country of the world gathered together in Jerusalem and the Spirit comes upon the apostles and they go out into the streets and they speak many different languages so each can understand in their own language. A reading from Acts. When the day of Pentecost had come, the apostles were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. At this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, 
Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. In these, these are not drunk, for as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Our second reading was written by Paul around 58 AD while he was in Corinth. In this reading from Romans, he talks about how he longs to visit Rome. Now, he does visit Rome about two years later, not as he would have presumed, but as a prisoner. You know, calling Paul to be one of the greatest missionaries by human eyes and human standards, he would have made the least likely candidate. Persecuting Christians, putting them in prison, having others put to death. But God called him, and Paul, because he was a trained Pharisee, had knowledge of the Hebrew Scriptures, and he was also a Roman citizen. So it afforded him some certain privileges. So for many years, he was able to fly under the radar, so to speak, and to avoid arrest because of the things afforded to him as a Roman citizen. The situation that he writes about today is that in the early church, the Jews that converted to Christianity always wanted to bring some of their Jewish laws with them. Yes, Jesus saves, but you have to do this and this and this and this. And they were referred to as legalistic Judaizers. They all wanted to bring their former laws with them and put a yes, but on top of the fact that Jesus saves. Paul gives us a clear outline of justification by faith. In the reading, you will hear what it is that makes us a child of God. Let us listen. A reading from Romans. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. 
Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the Church. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to the 15th chapter of St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say these things to you from the beginning, because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because they do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer, about judgment because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, and for this reason I say that he will take what is mine and declare it to you, the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I would like to begin by acknowledging those who helped with our first reading today. Uh, We had many readers. Barb, do you just want to wave or stand up or... Barb was reading that text from Acts chapter 2 from us, for us in Icelandic. So thank you. And then uh, Samuel, at the back, Samuel was reading it in Chinese. So thank you. And Maria was reading it in German. Deutsch. And, and Joben... You want to give us a wave, Jobin? Uh, Jobin was reading it to us in Punjabi. I hope I'm not missing anybody. I, I, know, who, I know who read it. Anij? Anij was reading it to us in Hindi. And uh, Dwayne? Dwayne was reading it to us in Latin. And uh, Marianne was reading it to us in Ukrainian. And uh, Ivor was reading it to us in the King James Version. Something like English. (laughs) And uh, I was reading it to you in Greek. And I know that uh, 
when we were sitting down and when Maria sat down here, said German was the longest. Well, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't even halfway through the Greek. <laughs> I just thought, oh, okay. <laughs> but it was kind of nice to have it uh, finished off in, in the German language. The reason that I thought about doing this today is I wanted you to have a bit of a sense of what it might have been like on that birthday of the Christian church so long ago. If you will read in the book of Acts, um, and I know as a Sunday school student growing up, we had always Sunday school lessons, and I always pictured the twelve in the room with the tongues of fire and the wind. But if you read that text from Acts, it's not quite clear. It's not clear because very likely it could have been the 120 that were referred to in chapter 1 when they chose Matthias to replace Judas. So 120 people moving out into the streets of Jerusalem, a place in which there is this Pentecost celebration for the Jewish people that has come from Moses of old, that it was the Jewish law that they go to from all over the world, every language, every people. And the word of God was descended upon the people and that went out into the midst of those in Jerusalem in a language that they could understand. In Ethnologue, which is published by SIL International, they list how many languages there are in the world. Any guesses? How many? 200? Way up. Keep going up higher than 3,000. Liz? Is that Liz? There's Noah. Oh, I thought it was Liz behind you with her hand. I'm Noah. 10,000? 10, well, it's kind of between 3 and 10. It's 6,909 languages in the world. And these languages, although some of them are distinct, come from about 250 different families of languages. They tell us that about one quarter of the world's languages, that's about 1,700, has fewer than 1,000 people who speak them. And those are basically older people, so they are forecasting that in the next little while, we will lose about 1,700 languages. My great-grandparents came to Canada over a hundred years ago. They were Germans from Russia. For me, the language is lost. I can whip out the odd word. I can wish you Merry Christmas. And Butterbrot, Grossmutter, Grossvater, but uh, beyond that, I do not know much of our German language. The language is lost over time. My grandparents and parents used to speak it when they didn't want us to know what they were talking about. 
I'm sure many of you experienced the same kinds of things. When we went to Europe in 2013, we really didn't have much difficulty uh, with language barriers because many people spoke English. However, there were a couple of occasions when we were in Germany when I wish they knew how to speak German. One particular time was when we were trying to buy tickets to get on the train to go to another city and the ticket agent did not speak English. Now, fortunately, we were with Rick and Elaine Sauer and Rick's parents immigrated to Canada around the 1950s so the language Rick grew up with in home was German. It was his first language, so to speak, but he hadn't used it very much for decades. So when we'd go up to the ticket counter, he would think and think and formulate what he wanted to say, and then he would spit it out. And they would... And he'd be going, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, because he couldn't couldn't understand, because they were speaking back to him so fast because they thought he spoke German. And he's going, slow down, slow down, because he, he needed time to think and to translate it in his mind. Language. Language, it's so important. Many years ago, Elaine and I took a a road trip across Canada. And we were in Quebec, tenting. And one morning, I had awakened with a terrible headache. And we were in a small, little, remote village in Quebec. So we went to the local grocery store, which was a mom-and-pop operation. And I went in, and the store owner was sitting behind the desk and greeted me in French. I responded to him in English, and we both looked at each other like deer in the headlights. I began to walk around the store thinking, well, I'll be able to see the you know, aspirin or Tylenol or something. And I was walking up and down the aisles, and I think he was a little nervous, thinking that I was in there to maybe steal something, because he was following me up and down the aisles, uh, jabbering away in French. And so finally, in exasperation, I, I, I held my head, and I was trying, oh, and one of his buddies who was sitting behind the desk with him, they both started laughing at me. And uh, I spoke out loud and I said, how am I going to communicate to this guy that I need aspirin? And he went, aspirin! (laughs) It's the same in both languages. The same in both languages. There was quite a stir over much of the internet yesterday. And today, and some people got up at a ridiculous early hour to watch a wedding Prince Harry and Meghan Markin, uh, Meghan Markle, Meghan Markin, Meghan Markle were married yesterday, and uh, there was some talk about the bishop's sermon. And if you go onto YouTube, you can look at his whole sermon. Some of the internet chatter was that it was too long, too short. <laughs> I think that's probably much of the stuff that happens after church service with sermons. Some people leave saying it was too long. Some people leave saying it was too short. Must have meant it was just right. It's about 13 minutes long. 
but he spoke, Bishop Michael Curry spoke on the power of love. Spoke on the power of love. And he went back and hearkened to Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech. And uh, there's power in love. Do not underestimate it. Anyone who has ever fallen in love will know what I mean. He went on to say that love can heal and help when nothing else can. That love can lift up and liberate when nothing else will. There's power, power in love. And Bishop Curry, he quoted from 1 John chapter 4, Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. There's power in love. There's power in love. And yes, maybe this is the international language that cuts across all boundaries of race, creed, color, and language. In his sermon, the bishop also referenced uh, when Jesus was asked by a lawyer, which is the greatest command. And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. He also referenced a hymn we sang just a couple of weeks ago. There is a bomb in Gilead on Healing Sunday. We, we sang there is a bomb in Gilead. And the bishop referenced uh, the second verse. If you cannot preach like Peter, if you cannot pray like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus. He died for all. Love. It's been written about, it's been sung about, uh, sung about and popularized by the Beatles. All you need is love. It seems to be the international language. In our text today, there's so many things that I find interesting. But one of the things that I find interesting is that Peter finds his voice. This same one who couldn't speak to a maid in the courtyard of the high priest and even say, I know the man. Women had no position, no power. A servant had no position or power. Here we have a maid, a woman, a woman servant. And Peter can't even say, I know the man. Never mind, I believe in him. He finds his voice. He goes out into the street with all these people and he preaches a sermon. The people say, oh, they're, they're drunk. I think the German says he has too much sweet wine. They had too much sweet wine. Yeah, they're, they're, they had too much to drink. And Peter, they're not drunk as you suppose. Let me tell you. And then he begins with the prophet Joel. And how the prophet says... In the last days, God will pour out God's Spirit, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Well, I'm an old man, so I guess I dream the dreams. Hopefully, some of the young have vision. In terms of the church, in terms of sharing that language of love, 
What visions do you have for Grace Lutheran Church? In terms of dreaming dreams, what dreams do you have for our church? Maybe these dreams and things that we do that are encouraged by us by clearing our vision in 2020 working group. Maybe they cause us some fear and anxiety. Might we fail? Yeah. But rather than letting the possibility of failure keep us behind locked doors, we need to move out into the community beyond these walls, speaking the language of love. Do we worry that we might be disappointed? Well, dreaming and vision might get our hopes up. And things might be different than what they were or what they are. But when it's done in love, that language that cuts across all barriers, when it's done to profess the love of Jesus, to play on the bishop's sermon and to hook into all of this for you, all this theology becomes so, so simple in the familiar children's song that we learned in Sunday school. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. On this Pentecost Sunday, what are your dreams? What are your visions? How might we share that language that cuts across every barrier and show those in our community and beyond that Jesus loves us, me, you, this I know. Amen. Thank you for listening to A Message of Grace. If you would like more information on our congregation and how we can be of service to you, please visit our webpage at www.gracelutheran.ca or check out our site on Facebook. Peace be with you.